Microphone check, one, two, what is this? It's the five foot seven assassin in the podcast business. I am your host, Rohan Patra, the rap music plug at your service. Here we are again at the end of the rap music plug podcast presented by QLC TV is the remedy to the I don't have anything good to listen to problem. Through in-depth album and song reviews, as well as artist interviews and general rap commentary sprinkled in between on all of what the mainstream and underground rap scenes have to offer, this is your one-stop shop to knowing what to add to your queue, play next, or pop into your record player. Welcome to the show. What is up, family? Today, I am incredibly excited to be talking about one of my absolute favorite records and absolute favorite artists that I have come across in in recent memory. And I won't be doing that alone, though. And that just adds to my excitement because I'll be joined by the Next Movement podcast. So Rob and E, who have an incredible show that they interview artists. They talk about not only their great music, but they also talk about music that inspires them. And I think the format is really genius, honestly. It's a really unique way to kind of get to know an artist and get to know what they love through the music that they are inspired by, which a lot of us can usually also relate to and love ourselves. So really excited to talk about this new record by Cities of Eve, Man Plays the Horn. And yeah, really pleased to have you guys. Really, really excited. So how are you guys doing? Good, good, good. good. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having us. and, And thanks for those kind words about our podcast. Appreciate it. No, you guys are killing it straight from Philly. We've had a lot of Philly people recently, actually. We've had Zillow mm. recently, had Andrew. It's been very Philly-centric. But now we're taking it to the south, and we're talking about Cities of Eve. And so I want to start it off with just like understanding what's your background with, with Cities of Eve, your relationship with his music, specifically related to his recent run of music from like 2020 onwards. So this was my introduction to Cities of Eve. Um, I think I might have heard his name prior to Man Plays the Horn, but I never really dug in. And I'm sorry for that because I really love this album. And I and after I heard Man Plays the Horn, I went back, dug in his crates, and and I like so much of, of what he's done previously. Um, I think he's just like an exceptional artist. I first heard about uh, Cities of Eve last year with, I think it was last year, the crashing sound of how it goes yeah uh which is a great album title by the way um and i've worked my way back from there a little bit but i have to admit i'm not like super familiar with his back catalog man plays was really the first release that i've like intentionally devoted time towards and so uh e did you get the chance to listen to crashing I did. I listened to that. I really like it. Um, I, I went back even further. So he was in a punk band called Cup Watch. Um, and I really was digging that stuff. Um, but he's done a lot of different things. And I wanted to ask um, if either of you know, do you know if he's the producer responsible behind um, or for African-American sound recordings? I think that's what it's called. That's that a too? very interesting question because I was listening to that record earlier because there's a new one that just dropped for those yeah. that aren't aware. And I, I believe so. I was trying to do some research and I will continue to try to do a bit more. I assume so. 
it sounds okay. i almost feel like one of the samples in one of the songs something he's used before on another mm-hmm. song so i was like probably but he's- i don't i don't know it's very mystical i've like yeah no it says it produced by wgm which includes some of his initials. That's why I was like, oh, I wonder if this is oh, him. Oh, yeah. That, he, he was promoting yeah, that, yeah. that newest uh, right. release on his social media, which made me think he's involved with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. he didn't outright say I did this. So I was, I'm just always unsure. I don't want to assume, yeah. but I, I figured it was him. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think you're right about that. Um, and when, so it's the fact that you both listen to Crash, and I think that's a good, reference point like how did you feel like how did you feel the progression between the two records did you feel like they were similar did you feel like there was a, a notable difference between the two uh what were your thoughts on that <laughs> he's giving me the look uh, so i'll go first um i think I will, I'll also admit i didn't spend nearly as much time with crashing as i have with man plays but in my memory um man plays just feels a bit more cohesive mm-hmm. um there's something about it as a whole that um has just stuck with me more than the crashing sound and i think that might have something to do with the production just being slightly different uh having a on man plays i feel like there's this consistent sort of washed out like mellow vibe to to it that crashing doesn't quite capture so in my mind that's the that's the biggest difference yeah i I think the uniqueness is a pattern throughout his discography i mean i think that's pretty evident but you know for me yeah man plays a horn i just i don't know it was just very striking as soon as i heard it it immediately resonated with me i think i i posted it on instagram and i think my words were lovely i just really was drawn to it and so when i went back and dug into his other stuff i wasn't i didn't feel that same connection but i do appreciate his artistry and i've heard him talk about it too like he purposely creates this avant-garde rap um because he likes to be outside of what we consider and what the society and has called the norm in terms of hip-hop so um i think it's pretty interesting that his work is really follow suit to that um and so but yeah man plays the horn for me you know is just I, i think it's great and i think i strongly believe that you hear music when you're supposed to hear music and i think if i were to heard this at a later time i might not have appreciated it as much as i do now um you know we'll probably get into that later i don't want to hog the mic but but yeah i i mean i'm glad i heard it when it did i did because i was able to fully um embrace it yeah i think uh i mean he's definitely avant-garde i think that's like you said so apparent you don't even need to say it practically it's so um like just so obvious but i think what i really liked about his this album and how it related to his albums previously i think so firstly, for me, I also only got hip to him like early 2021. It was through Luca, which I also only got hip to in early 2021. I saw he produced some of his work. I think he was featured on some of the songs. And I was like, damn, who is this guy? I went back and I was very much like a huge fan. It was crashing, though, that really turned me into like a mega fan before I was really enjoying it. But I, I it was a lot to get into. Like his music is very different. 
It's very impressionistic. It's like, it's not always easy to like latch onto. And I found like some of his albums, like Gum from uh, 2020, I believe it was 2020, uh, was a lot colder. And a lot of that music around that time was a lot colder. It was a lot darker. It felt a lot more like it brought you down and it felt like very authentic, but it felt like that. Um, Crashing started to feel a bit more like, uh, like hopeful, a little more positive, but I still felt it felt very anxious and like nervous. Like it was like explosive in the way that was like displaying very like extreme emotions. I'm thinking of songs like um, How We Began, like it's just like really like cathartic. I guess that's another word, cathartic. Man Plays doesn't feel as cathartic. It feels like you kind of went through something and you're kind of just like um, the weights lifted, positive, carefree, less in your head. And that's kind of what I liked in a, about this record. And I've really just loved the progression that I saw from Cities over these past like handful of records because I think he really showed that journey from like darkness, confusion to like weightless acceptance. It's like it's very heartwarming, mm. honestly, to me. Mm. Well, I was just going to say what I've heard of some of his older stuff, including Crashing, there's a lot more dissonance uh, in the music, which I, uh, to your point, Rowan, I think could make it a little harder to listen to at times, as opposed to Man Plays, which is quite like melodic at times mm -hmm. uh, throughout the record. Yeah, I think you described it perfectly when you said carefree. Um, it's like a breath of fresh air. I feel very relaxed when I listen to it. It's, yeah. it's easy to listen to. Yeah, it's honestly very, very, the most easy listening record he's made in a long time. Because he has some earlier stuff like 2012 when he was more in like a cloud rap vein. But even that, like this one felt like there's a few songs like uh, the very long 11 minute track, uh, Smoking on a Brighter Day. That one, like that one is like easy listening as it, can be you're just on a beach yeah. you're just yeah. chilling like you're just happy like you're just like wow look at my life like i'm just free like it just that's all i can think about when i hear that one and um when we look to the thinking about the sound like what was your thoughts overall in the production did you think especially e i'm curious from your perspective as someone who's a little less familiar with his music like did you find the experimentation was was like really up your alley or was it a bit too out there at times for your taste what were your thoughts on that? It's it's interesting um, because I, I and I was trying to touch on this a little bit earlier, but I didn't want to go on a tangent. Um, at one point, I don't think that I would have really liked this album. I don't. It, it, but now this is something that I would seek out. So I really had to have a come to Jesus moment in terms of how I listen to newer hip hop, because I think my brain and my ears were sort of trained to a very certain sound. And so I just missed a lot of things previously that were experimental, but I've been thinking a lot about that. I mean, what does that even mean? Because, you know, hip hop is all about originality. So, you know, what is experimental rap even mean? I mean, you're supposed to be original. And so I just, for me, I think that I wasn't able to fully accept it because I was, you know, sort of stuck in this era and moment in time, you know, concerning when I grew up and when I consumed hip hop at an early age, I think that really ruined things for me later. 
And I had to sort of rework that and re and rethink that. And so I'm glad that I did because it allows me to really enjoy albums like Man Plays the Horn um, and in different approach, different approaches to hip hop. That's very interesting. I'm glad that you're you've come to that realization. Um, because yeah, it's hard to break out of those biases that you have, especially when you're like whatever you listened to when you were younger and yeah. you first fell in love. It's it's hard to hard to break that. It is. Rob, what are your thoughts? Uh, I studied studio engineering in college, and many of my classmates listened to music that was different from what I was into. So, uh, you know, from underground hip hop to drum and bass to UK grime and indie rock, uh, we would, in class, as an assignment, would chart like Radiohead songs and Sonic Field. Um, so it really opened me up to experimental sounds um, in a way that I didn't get when I was younger as a kid. So all that to say is I'm sort of naturally drawn to sort of genre bending, boundary pushing music. So um, I, I, I'm totally into a record like this that kind of blurs the lines between genres. And I, I can't tell you what any of it's called, like vaporwave. I don't know what vaporwave is. Like I can't. There is some I, of that vibe here. I don't know how right. to even describe Vaporwave, but I, I know enough to say it. Right. So I, I read something that described some of his his music that way, and I was like, I don't know what that means. I just know, I know what this sounds like, and I know I like the vibe on this album. Uh, it's sort of like you were saying about, um, you know, just chilling on the beach, listening to this. Like it's it's a a, a sound sound and a vibe that you can get lost in. Um, mm -hmm. It's actually though. The production is is the kind where it's actually challenging for me to pay attention to the lyrics at times because I'm so I was so lost in the sound. I feel like the way he uh, I feel like the way he uses his voice is definitely oftentimes like an instrument. I think mm -hmm. I think more more songs he does it like more so on one song than the others. Like it's not always very consistent, and that's something I definitely want to get into too because I think the way he kind of uses his voice here is like really dope um but from like a sound perspective like i i feel like it the last like four years or three years i've really gotten uh, like acclimated to this kind of not really this but just experimental hip-hop generally um through my like love for other genres like a lot of like weird um electronic music but one thing i really did like about this record is that I don't see feel like and it's funny that you say about the the sound because I actually thought because I'm more acclimated to it, this music just gets with me like immediately. It's more the rapping with Cities of Eve that I couldn't wrap my arms around for a long time. Mm -hmm. Now I do, but from the sound, like if I had to choose any word to describe the sound, it's just gorgeous. Like just like gorgeous. Like there are mm -hmm. just so many moments of beauty on this album. Like that literally could be only one up by like the seeing a beautiful girl. Like that's the only thing I think of like the subterranean staircase. Oh my God. Like, fuck. Like <laughs> that uh, opening um, vocal of that singer. Holy shit. Like mm. blows me away. And I think throughout this album, there's like the purest cuts of soul jazz and like funk that you'll, you'll hear. And it's like marvelous, marvelously vintage age to perfection it feels like this is his like reimagination of the past but like through his eyes 
Cause there is like a lot of like throwback feels, but it's obviously so modern, all the production techniques. It's so modern. And I think he, he's able to like infuse this like primal joy throughout a lot of this album. Like there's so many songs like Mace Man or like just like the complete nutty weirdness of cinema club. That just sounds like crack. Like <laughs> it's just crazy. Uh, so many details like on, uh, uh, what's the song bolt bolt thrower uh at the end like i love the beat but at the end there's just little like vocals that he puts through at the end of the song it's just like little things it just in my humble opinion cities of eve is the best active producer right now wow i i will say that there's mm. others that are obviously amazing but i just think what cities does is just like something i've never heard before and he does it enough to where like he's prolific enough to where i can i can say that i think uh yeah high praise wow. but I, I i can't think of anything i'd rather listen to this year than this album wow mm. yeah yeah it's a strong yeah. statement it is yeah it is and i'm thinking of like oh, there's a bunch of great guys alchemist august fanon messiah music like those guys are all it's no shade it's just something about this it's just so ingenious yeah yeah, yeah. i i feel like what you were saying about um the the sort of jazz and soul uh, music that he's pulling from and sort of turning into his own thing also fits what i interpret as the like concept for this album like perfectly it, to me this is a like deep exploration of black music um but it's for now i think he says mm. that somewhere in the credits like this is for now um and he's kind of made it his own but he does, I feel like intentionally sort of run through all the sort of different iterations of the history of black music, all with his lens, which is, you know, like you said, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Yeah, I think he, uh, yeah, I think there is like, obviously in the title, there's horns, but just generally a lot of like the traditionally black music, it's like a very prominent on this record more than most. And there's like this strain of soul music or like, classic like i don't know if it's like 2000s or 90s r&b that he loves to use he uses this on this album like on ways of the world mm -hmm. that like yeah. that voice uh that singer like that he loves that and i don't feel like a lot of producers really tap into that sound because it's, it's kind of a it's not very it's not very common and i feel like it throws people off throws me off like at first it's not a sound i usually go for but he really kills it Chris Crack is a person that comes to mind. I think mm. uh, does that quite a lot, uh, which yeah. I really enjoy. But you're right. Yeah, it's not not super common. Mm -hmm. So another thing I wanted to talk about here is the rapping style, which we talked about a few times already. It's obviously very unique, not only in the way he like delivers it in terms of like a flow. Sometimes it's more straightforward as much as he is as much as he can be in more traditional verse style. But a lot of times it's also like mantra, like it's like ad libby. Um, thinking like cinema club, especially is a good example. But on top of that, it's also the way his voices are filtered. Um, it's like often uses, I clearly don't know the right terms, but it's like a megaphone effect. It's very buried in the mix. It's very loud and, and like grating almost. How did you feel? Uh, how his voice was deployed on this album and like what did you think of his rapping overall on this record 
I really appreciated it. It's I, I caught an interview that he did. I can't remember the name of the publication, but they were talking to him about his process and the structure of his production and how, you know, sort of talking about how it's a bit unpolished. And, and he was saying, you know, I didn't really use expensive microphones. I kind of just did what I did. And it, I thought it was interesting because he says that he likes to do that because it just creates this realness and it captures the human element in its purest form. And I really appreciated that because for me, like hearing something like man plays a horn, you, you can feel that connection when it's not this polished piece of music, when it's not perfect, like when it's a little bit flawed, I, I felt connected to that. Um, you know, and I, I really appreciated his voice. And I think you're right that he uses it as an instrument at times. Um, but I just, I think it creates this connection to the music more so than it would if he maybe went out and bought that expensive microphone. Um, so I really appreciate that. I also appreciate um, that his lyricism is descriptive. Um, you know, he creates this, these visuals um, I think he, you know, describes, you know, he's from Memphis and, you know, within the music, he describes, you know, people in his neighborhood and sort of creates these characters in his music. But, you know, it's people that are, are within Memphis, I would imagine. And so I really appreciate that. Um, you know, and there's one thing that he says on whole on the porch, chain smoking in between while my ashtray grows bigger. You can you can see that. Like mm -hmm. you can visualize him doing that. Um, you can see the ashtray. You can see somebody sitting on the porch chain smoking. So I just really appreciated that throughout the album. Um, and I think that speaks to his style in general. It's such great writing. Like yeah. that, just choo choosing those words, uh, saying so little and communicating so much is one of his strengths. Yeah. Um, it actually reminded me a little bit of, um, I don't know if either of you have read any Cormac McCarthy, um, but his, yes. the, the book, The Road, especially came to mind at times when I was listening yep. to this. Yep. It's like poetry, um, mm -hmm. but in prose form, it's it's like some combination of the two. Uh, that's, it's really impressive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's funny you say that. Yeah. It's funny you say that, Rob. That's exactly what I had like noted down is that he's so concise. That's like a yeah. huge strength of him him he uh he has that i think it's on black pleasure he says uh it's kind of like the end of one of the verses he's like uh i'm a fixture never to be cropped out of the image of the picture and he says it and it's kind of doing like that megaphone style but it's just like i don't know he says like that means a lot because he's basically just like saying like no matter what you do like my legacy my like impact is like you can't can't remove that it's here forever and it's just mm -hmm. He says it really like cool. He's a way of kind of sounding kind of fly sometimes when he says it, but like he's just really good at making very like articulating very weighty thoughts in like so little, so little. Like he doesn't even barely needs to even have a verse sometimes. Yeah. And and the lyricism can mean more than one thing. So the line that you just said to me, I looked at that on a bigger scale, like and applied it to the black community. Yes. You no, know, don't crop me out the picture. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. That's and it's called Black Pleasure. Yeah, right. yeah. The whole topics. Yeah, that's actually I didn't even think about it that way. Damn. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's genius. Absolutely. That megaphone effect that, that you've been referring to, I I've heard that he uses a karaoke machine to record his vocals. 
which is something I, I, I hope I get the chance to talk to him about because super interesting to me. That is wild. And uh, I don't, I think it was E, you were talking about how um, he used to be in a punk band. And yeah, uh, I just think generally his influences are clearly very vast. And like we talk about Vaporwave, but like I think punk music is super strong in his like ethos. And the way he approaches rapping is that it's it's not always about being flashy and uh, a huge amount of wordplay. It's about the emotion, like, and it's like that raw, like, like visceral feeling. And he's really one of the few rappers I feel like can really just give that to you. Yeah. Um, and I, but I think there are some songs, and I, I think generally one thing I liked about or these last two albums is that. I think his rapping ability has just improved because I think he's just getting better at deploying the, okay, this kind of more straightforward type rap on this makes more sense in a more kind of like abstract, like barely fragmented kind of thing. Um, like cinema club is hilarious to me. It's song is so fun. And he's just saying like, she want to make a movie, a TikTok movie. It's just hilarious that did not need a verse that song is perfect as it is but then bolt thrower is like straight to the point two minutes of bars and he's just so razor sharp saying so much i think he's just really improved like that and i, I just really appreciate it that on top of like his just overall lyricism that has always been really strong what's interesting to me about those different approaches is how you can hear in some places like the different influences like, I think there are some spots, I'm terrible with track titles, so I'm not going to be able to reference specific moments, but there's some moments on this album where you might not know he's from the South, but there are others when it's, it's evident, like it's clear he's been influenced by Southern MCs, Southern rappers. And that usually happens in those moments where he's not like hitting the pocket. It's he's taking his time with it and maybe even singing a little bit here and there. Uh, but that's another, you know, there's something about going back to kind of the sound. Uh, I was thinking about e, our conversation with Akai Solo as I was preparing for this album where Akai was sort of telling us that he, there's a lot of history in hip hop that he had to like get caught up on, but he started making music before he, he, he did that. And there's something so beautiful about that because you're not bound by any like, um, any, uh, I'm losing the word, but there's no, there are no bounds. Like you, you don't know that you're supposed to adhere to certain guidelines when you approach music that way. And I, I kind of hear that in city of Vives music too. And I wonder if that's true for him also coming from this punk hardcore background, that you have this, this freedom to approach hip hop in a way that other people may not even think of because you have a different background. Yeah. I imagine it's, I mean, in the same way that I was saying about not being able to embrace music like this, you know, in recent years prior to, you know, hitting, hearing this album might be the same way for creators making this music. Like they feel bound, like you said, to be in the structure because the culture defined it in such a way that doesn't sort of allow you to step over the bounds. So that would be mm -hmm. interesting to talk to him about that. Yeah, I, I do think that he, uh, yeah, I, I find that Southern influence piece, that's a huge question, kind of like 
idea with cities because I do feel similarly. There are moments where it's super clear. There's some parts where he like literally is referencing like an outcast bar on this album. Forget what song. Um, but it's just like the way he embodies his Southern influence. I feel like it's probably in his mind always there, but it just doesn't get translated in the music like most MCs. Mm -hmm. south or east coast wherever wherever their roots are the way he does it again is just so like avant-garde it's so probably specific to like his his experience and we may not even understand but it i think it's a lot of times in the stories like he was describing like that's i feel like a lot of where the influence is just like the topics and the subject matter um the, the emphasis on family and uh things like that because i'm i'm thinking of when i like spoke to luca and he was talking about cities and he was saying how they're they're kind of like two peas in a pod, but the way they approach music and the way they like communicate is like vastly different. And so they really like collabing and they collabed again on this record and it was fantastic. Um, and often like Lucas says things that cities doesn't want to say or doesn't feel comfortable saying and then cities. But then cities also says things that Luca would never think of saying in that way because they just approach music differently, but they uh, I don't know where I'm going that tangent, but just like it's, I find it just, it's a very interesting artist. There's so much mm -hmm. to talk about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's such an interesting artist. Um, and the last thing, kind of like another a really important part about this record, and this is pretty common with his music generally, is that it's very long. This album is, a, I think, 80 minutes, around 80 minutes. And there's also a lot of multi-part songs where either the beat just will completely change into something else or transitions a little more subtly. Um, did you think the length was justified, like that it didn't feel like it dragged on? And did you like that idea of the songs kind of being multi-movement, if you will? I thought a lot about this when I was preparing to discuss this album about length and how we define that now. Um, our attention spans are so much shorter. And so I think albums like this feel extremely long, but I don't, do we have the right to comment on that as listeners? Because to me, like this particular project feels so much like art. It, it's, it's like an art piece. And so its length is its length. And even though, I mean, I've been guilty of this complaining about albums being long, I, I'm kind of looking at it from the, the artist's perspective and saying like, well, this is as long as it needed to be for them. You mm -hmm. know, they needed to, and they needed it to be this long. He needed it to be this long because this is what he had to say. So I, I don't, I don't know if, if we're allowed to determine that. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think that's definitely like an interesting point. I think where I usually approach this kind of like because i'm also similar to you like i've i've made that comment before like, oh, i felt this was too long dragged whatever yeah um i think the question really is more did it feel authentically long like you said there was some reason for it like whether we understand it or not did we kind of get that impression or did it just feel like this is streaming numbers this is filler and because like i if i compare it to other albums that i felt were my opinion too long and it was just no reason for it i'm thinking of a lot of drake's recent albums where it's like it just doesn't i don't get the impression like this felt necessary it just feels like there's there's kind of it's rudderless there's no real right. purpose i feel like the the length not only feels justified on this song i feel like it's part of the experience like you kind of 
if this was like a 40 minute album or a 30 minute album, I just can't imagine it would have that impact that it does on me where it's like, you get lost in it. Like you, you feel like you can like, like you feel like you can like really reset your mind and kind of just like live in something for a bit. If it was that short, I don't know if I get that it would end pretty quick and I'd be like, okay, cool. That was a good album. But like it, I feel like the length actually like is super necessary. Yeah, that's a good point. I think I think you're right. If it was shorter, you might not have been able to connect in it in the same way. He City of a View strikes me as somebody that doesn't just fill space, though. I mean, mm-hmm. everything is done on purpose. And so, yeah, to that point, I definitely think that the album length is is justified and it is what it is because that's the point of the project. I had a whole uh, conversation with Gang from uh, PTP, uh, King Vision Ultra recently uh, about album length. And what I came to in that conversation is that it's really, it's really kind of irrelevant to me, it, unless it's something that I just don't get or is not for me. That's when I'm like, Ooh, this is, this is long. Like, I don't know if I can make it through this mm. <clears throat> or, or vice versa. Like, uh, I'm glad that this is short and it's over cause it's not for me. Um, but if, you know, if the concept is done well, you know, if it's well executed, um, if I can connect to the, to the art, uh, or to the message in some way, uh, as opposed to like some hour and a half of just like random ass songs thrown together, then I'm, then I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. And I don't really think about how long it is. I, I that being said, like I, I've listened to this album many times, but I don't think I've ever listened to it all the way through in one sitting. Uh, my mm-hmm. life just isn't built for that right now. Um, <laughs> I I often listen to music on my commute, and I haven't been doing a lot of commuting because of the pandemic. But um, recently, when I'm listening to this record, like I get I get about halfway through it, or, or I get about halfway through "Smoking on a Brighter Day," that like twelve minute mm-hmm. uh, instrumental joint, like right almost in the middle which is like a perfect halfway point. Then I get the rest of it on my way back home from work. And uh, I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. I, you know, I, I turn it off and then turn it back on and can immediately get back into the vibe uh, and the length. I don't, I don't think about the length in that way. Although the deluxe version, which is nearly two hours long, that's like a multiple day listen for me. And that, and, yeah. And something is that long, I think the risk for me is I might not come back to it. Like if I have to put it down, I'm going to get distracted maybe and forget that I wanted to finish this thing. Yeah. I think with like deluxe for me, like I, I always treat the deluxe songs just differently. It's just, if that's what the artist thinks, then I treat it like that. And I rarely, I rarely, like I've definitely listened to the deluxe record uh, songs on that They're great, but I definitely mostly just deal with the first like the actual album first Mm -hmm. um but when you're saying that you don't really even like notice the length length when it's something like you actually like and it is for you i definitely when i think about really good long records that i like the length never matters actually it only matters when there's something that you're not liking about it or something that's not jiving and that's natural and then vice versa there's a many albums where i like defend their length being super short because it's perfect. The, the mm-hmm. one prototype for me is always Daytona. That I loved how long, how short it was. I don't feel like it was an EP. I felt like it was a 
perfect album, like exactly 50 minutes of that, it would have wore me out. Like right, it, it right. was just blistering high speed. Like it was perfect. Just put it on and off, just amazing. And I wouldn't want it any other way. And then similar for this, I wouldn't want uh, this record to be any shorter either. Um, and when we talk about like the, the within songs now, what did you guys think of like this uh, common trend of him to like have these like multi-part songs? So like songs like Romance, songs like Subterranean Staircase, uh, and there's others. Like, what did you think of that? I love that stuff because it's unexpected. You don't know what's coming. So it keeps it interesting for me always. Mm -hmm. it, it's an album that I like, honestly, I think because I'm, I'm usually listening to music on the go, I didn't really even notice that time. Like whether it's a new track or just a, a switch in the middle of a track, I didn't really like today. I've listened to this album at probably six times in the past two weeks. Today was the first time I noticed that the sun, the moon and the spa is actually like two different songs. <laughs> in one. Yo, I feel you. I feel you. Um, Cause I just, it, it, that, that particular track is like broken up with a vocal sample or like a dialogue sample. And I just assumed we're moving on to a new song now. And we are, it just happens to be connected to the previous sort of movement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think it's really great that he does. And also just allows him to put so much musical like food for thought and ideas and kind of cram it into a way that makes sense versus just making uh, like a ton of short songs and theoretically it doesn't really matter. It's kind of like an aesthetic thing. If you want to make a four minute song, two songs that are two minutes, doesn't actually change anything, but I like that idea of just kind of not expecting it. Like you said, that's just kind of adds to the experience and it adds to the kind of confusion too. When you're like, wait, is the same song yeah. <laughs> disorienting? Yeah, yeah. Which contributes to the sort of like spaced out feel that the album has. But I'm sure there's a reason he does it. And, you know, I'd be interested to hear that from him. Like, what, how do you determine w when it's time to uh, make, make, make this a new song or make this a part of the song that you've already started? It's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, what were your favorite five tracks or so? Five or six? There's like a ton of songs. I couldn't even give five, so I already cheated. But uh, <laughs> what were your thoughts on that? Um, I have to look at my notes for this because I'm not going to remember this off the top of the dome. Um, it was, I will say, it was hard for me to pick five because I kept going back. And, and after I had a list, I was like, oh, man, I really like this one, too. But I was like, nope, stick it to my list. I'm not going to do this myself. Um, Black Pleasure, Outside Looking In, Ways of the World, Hole, and Subterranean Staircase. I think these songs are perfect. Mm. a whole fuck yeah that one's <laughs> making me question my list again <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. i um i had a hard time picking songs too because of so we're sort of what we were just talking about how they sort of all sort of run together in places there's a whole run from mace man till um smoking on a brighter day that i think is just brilliant uh and and mace man on projects like this where there are these sort of instrumental interludes i don't often think of them as my favorite tracks but there are a couple on here that i think are great mm. mace man is one of them 
Um, I actually love the opener, everything working on a natural time. Uh, that the first time I heard that is what sold me on, on this project. Um, I don't know who it is that's talking in the, in that opener. I don't, I don't need to know. It's fine. Um, but it perfectly communicates the, like, in my view, the concept of the album. So I was immediately mm -hmm. sold. I, I love the first track, but, um, ways of the world cinema club, uh, and theme from the source with Luca are also great. Oh. I love those tracks. I got some similar ones. I got subterranean staircase. I got black pleasure cinema club romance bolt thrower and then a sixth cheat uh theme from the source with luca because mm -hmm. i'm not had to keep but honestly i could have added like there's like i think half the album is like my favorite song so it doesn't really <laughs> mean much but those ones definitely stood out i agree with you on that interlude thing there is a lot of mace man was like so special it's like uh yeah there's just so many moments that just make me feel really happy like that's mm. just like very hard for albums to come off really genuine at while being so positive i feel like i tend to gravitate in hip-hop i feel like generally especially like with the way the world is moving a lot of the best albums i find at least in my opinion i've enjoyed are on the more dark side on the more really deep delving in like heavy topics that uh yeah that's just kind of bring you down even though they're they they're they're treating it with respect and they're and it's necessary it's not like it's a complaint it's just a reality but this one felt like it was also incredibly powerful and heavy but he managed to like inject like a lot of life and like put some much needed wind in my sails i felt like i feel like i really needed this album honestly and uh i think it's a personal classic i like to use that term and that's that's very heavy for me because I don't really care to get in the discussion if this is a classic or not. I don't like, I mean, I know that those conversations matter to an extent. I don't care too much about them. I don't care if you don't think it is or anybody else's uh, because there's more of like an objectivity. I think when it comes to calling something a classic, there is like a, 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 a kind of idea of influence to the culture and the genre that is kind of a quantifiable in a way, or you can like, have more of an objective conversation, but I'm just saying for me, this is going to like be an essential piece in my listening catalog. What are your uh, final thoughts on this record? I think uh, this is one of those projects that's just a rewarding listen. Uh, it's the kind of thing that warrants repeat plays, repeat listens. Uh, I, I thought about uh something i said the small professor recently he was almost almost apologizing for how long his new uh b tape is the next temporal pincer movement and i was like yo i think all good art uh is worth worthwhile uh you know all all good art rewards a curious listener and repeat listens and this certainly is that um the, I mentioned this earlier, but Cities Aviv did an interview, I think it was last year, it was before he made this album, and he was talking about how there was sort of this trend of all this sad shit coming out in hip hop, mm. and he sort of wanted to make something a little brighter, but even further than that, sort of explore more of a gamut of human emotion, 
and not just have this sad project coming out. He literally says sad ass, sad. There's been a lot of sad ass things coming out in hip hop. Um, so I don't know if that's what he had in mind here, but I think he he's done it perfectly on Man Plays Horn. I think even though it's a brighter album, there are sometimes it, it is a little sad. I mean, there are some of the samples that he uses on here that that kind of like struck a chord with me emotionally. Um, you know, so I, I think it does a good job of balancing out all the different emotions we feel as humans. And again, like having such a sort of raw, um, dusty sound, like really connects you to the music, I think, because we are, we as humans are imperfect. And so it's just kind of a reminder of that for me, um, not to get too, too deep, but, um, yeah, it's, I'm really glad we did this because, um, I found the album, but when you asked us to come on and talk about it, just made me further dive into it and really think about it. And, and I love that because um, it's such a good project. Well, I'm glad you guys came on. I'm glad you were able to have that deeper appreciation for it. And I just really appreciate you all coming down and talking about this amazing record. And yeah, really appreciate it. I want to like and send it off with you guys talking about how we can find your stuff, find the next movement and listen to your podcast. Well, you can find our podcast just about anywhere you get podcasts. Um, you know, the, the list is endless at this point. Um, and I always mess up our mess up our social media handle. So Rob can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, we are the next movement podcast and on Instagram. Or I think you're pod? I think you're pod, right? The next movement. Yeah. Pod? I always I always fuck that up. I love up. that Rohan knows more, knows it more than E. I love it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I kind of did that on purpose. I wanted to see what where you I would go with it. it so we are. You can find us at the next the next movement pod on Instagram, and we're on Twitter, next movement pod. So there's no the on Twitter, just next movement pod. There you go. There it is. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah thank you so much. We, we appreciate appreciate coming on and having an yeah, opportunity cool. to talk about this. Yeah. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, E. Take yeah. care. Yeah, you too. Peace out. Peace. Peace. So there we have it. Another episode of the Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV. I hope this episode gave you some new perspectives and insights into what the greatest art form known to man in hip-hop music has to offer. If you want to support the show in the most meaningful way possible, it would be my absolute honor to have you as a patron in the new Rap Music Plug podcast Patreon. Through this Patreon, you will be getting exclusive content such as bonus episodes, exclusive album recommendations, exclusive playlists, early access to episodes, and more. And above all though, you will be able to support the show directly in a way that will not only justify the crazy amount of time I spend on this show already, but allow me to cover some of the expenses related to supporting all of these great artists that we cover on the show through the website and will allow us to sustain and build on this amazing growth that the RMPP has experienced recently. Big shout out to Dano of Free Music Empire, Levy, Mahima, Jeff, Fatman Tomb, and Khalid for your generous support through the Patreon. I really appreciate it. So if you have any questions about any of the Patreon stuff or just want to keep tabs on the show, interact with me on rap music and all the great stuff that we can talk about, 
follow me on Twitter and Instagram at rapmusicplugpod or shoot me an email at qlctv.podcast at gmail.com. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify as well. But that's enough self-promotion for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Peace.